Hey, you've made it to Sprayspace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the Sprayspace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sprite Space Podcast. I'm Lacey, and today we have Adrian and Rachel here today. How are you two doing? Great. You're doing great. Good. I'm so glad. So we are still in April, which is Earth Month. And so this week, we wanted to celebrate Earth Month by talking about some of our favorite social media channels that uh, make us feel connected to the Earth. So um, before we get into the meat of the content, I want to ask what I always ask, which is if there is a piece of social media content this week that brought you joy. So Adrian, you have a piece that you were thinking of. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Tell me about it. Oh, gosh. Uh, So there's this comedian. Her name is Becky Robinson. Uh, I brought up her her Instagram here. I believe it's Becky Robinson 03. Um, but she is a comedian and the thing that I love about her is that her, her comedy is very like niche. Um, okay. Specifically. So I was a snowboard instructor for like 10 years. My husband was also a snowboard instructor. We've lived the mountain lifestyle. Um, (laughs) it's, it is very, um, like you take like the, the bro dude surfer lifestyle and you just put it on the mountain. So like that piece that place, right. Um, so she is someone who is also was born and raised in, in the Pacific Northwest, and she was a snowboard bum for a while. So she has a few skits or, or like, uh, personas that basically, ma- like, it makes fun of this. And it's, it makes me laugh so hard I cry because it's so, like, on point to this very specific person. Um, and the one that recently made me laugh lol was a um it's called the entitled housewife and this woman was had her children was paying for ski lessons i've met this person before they do exist and this and (laughs) this comedian personified this like essence of this special parent purchasing ski lessons for a child and I laughed so hard I cried i was gonna ask how how was your belly laugh my stomach (laughs) hurt it was that good. I mean, it doesn't happen that often. I mean, you know when you see memes and you chuckle to yourself a little bit and you smile or you see it and you're like, that's funny in your head, but you don't, there's no like, there's no physical reaction. Like I ha- I was, I was like rolling on the floor giggling by myself in my house. I love that. That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead. And I, I'm specifically really excited, Rachel, because you recently had an in real life experience that kind of connected one of the accounts that you um, feel the closest to in regards to kind of Earth Month and focusing on Earth. So can you please just talk to us first about the account that you follow and then tell us a little bit about the experience that you had over the last week? Yeah, so the account is uh, it's an organization called Orca Network. And they basically, like their mission is to connect the whales of the Pacific Northwest with the people of the Pacific Northwest. They focus mm. on, obviously, orcas, hence the name, um, but they talk about all kinds of whales in the Pacific Northwest. They have um, a website, they have a Facebook page, they've got, you know, social media. Their Facebook page has, like, 
165,000 followers. Um, a lot of them, I assume, are from the Pacific Northwest, but I know there are people that follow the page from across the world. Wow. And they focus heavily on the southern resident orca population. There's three pods, L, K, and J pod. And um, so these whales are key to the Pacific Northwest. They are very important to the indigenous peoples of the area. And um, every single one of these whales is known, is named, and they are extremely uh, endangered. Wow. The Facebook page, they do, well, I shouldn't say just the Facebook page, the organization. They do all kinds of educational um, programs. They do youth programs. Um they have a whale center in Langley, Washington, where they uh, used to do a lot of in-person stuff. I don't know how much they're doing now with COVID, but they've transferred a lot of stuff onto you know, virtual learning. Uh, they do webinars, and then, of course, their Facebook um, page does sightings every day. Entire network of people that watch the waters. And mm. anytime that a whale is seen or a pod of whales, they list it on the site. Um, and then the, it just, the thread just blows up with people you know, watching the whales, reporting them where they are, where they're, what they're doing, where they're moving to and from. Um, and this uh, is something that I have followed very closely. Obviously, we live on the water, we live on our boat. And here in the Puget Sound. And um, I am a big fan of orca whales. I'm a big fan of whales in general, but um, orcas are pretty special to me. And um, I actually saw a thread the night before this event happened. We were getting ready to leave the marina for winter moorage and head out cruising. Um, so we were actually going to be out on the water the next day. And I saw a thread a sightings thread that there was a pod of orcas coming in Admiralty Inlet, coming south toward, um, you know, where we were. And so the next day, yeah, so the next day, as soon as we left the marina, I was checking Orca Network to see if anybody had spotted those whales. I already have goosebumps. And sure enough, they were coming, still continuing south. They had been spotted again in the morning and they were going past uh, Vashon Island. We were moving from Olympia that day to Gig Harbor, and Vashon is just a little bit northeast of Gig Harbor. And um, to get to Gig Harbor, we would have to go through Tacoma Narrows, the, underneath the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. And as we were motoring along without any wind, <laughs> so we couldn't be sailing, but you know, I was constantly checking this thread and we're watching where the whales are going and people are citing them and reporting it on the thread. There's, you know, over a hundred comments on this thread by the time you know, the end of the day. And so literally like stalking the whales, I, we made our decisions on like which wow. way to go, which way to travel around the islands to try to intercept the whales. And came through Pit Passage, uh, which is not a way that we normally would have gone from Olympia to Gig Harbor, but because I knew that 
the whales were going above McNeil Island and up into Carr Inlet, we decided to go through there. We had been through there before, and we came out of Pit Passage and immediately intersected this pod of orcas. Wow. And it was just like perfect timing. Like we couldn't have possibly been been in a better place at a better time. And so we were actually the only boat out there with them, which is pretty crazy to me because there were so many people watching. I knew how many people were watching mm-hmm. because everybody's commenting on the thread. Uh, and they had a, the whales had actually made a kill and they were you know, hunting and feeding. And um, we got to hang out with them literally for like an hour with a pod of seven orcas. Wow. And, you know, we have to um, be really careful out on the water with them. We have to be very respectful of the whales and we have to stay a certain distance from them and make sure that we don't get in front of them or between groups of the whales because there was one whale that uh, was kind of following the rest of the group so we had to stay kind of further away but that whale happened to be the male with the big dorsal fin that's you know like five feet tall and he would come up out of the water and we could see him and the kids are screaming on the deck and jumping down screaming this is the best day ever this is the best day ever oh my god (laughs) bone and yeah you know, it was um, <laughs> it was just an amazing experience that we probably never, you know, we wouldn't have had if not for following the sightings threads on Orca Network. There, and it's it's you know, it's a nonprofit organization. It's volunteer run, and it's just the work that they do in connecting the people to those animals and to the environment that they live in is just amazing. And I have the utmost respect for all the people that are, that are doing that. It's an amazing thing. And raising the awareness of those whales is what's really going to help them to hopefully not go extinct. They, they do. The ones that we actually saw were transient orcas. So they were not a part of the southern resident population and the big difference is the southern residents um, primarily eat salmon as their diet but the transients eat uh, marine mammals they eat seals and porpoises and even other whales Um, so the transient population is actually thriving and increasing Um, but the southern residents they need the salmon and there's a whole, you know, it's a whole thing. Uh, it, the environment is all, you know, interconnected, and there are the dams that need to be breached, and like all of this stuff to save the salmon habitat so that the whales can continue to survive. And so it's a whole, a whole issue that is very, that's obviously very connected with all of the environment in the area. I like where you're talking about their mission overall being connecting people with the whales because, you know, last week on the podcast with Joe McNeil from Standing Rock, he talked about the fact that, you know, if we don't all start to understand our connectedness, then we will destroy each other, you know, without the understanding of our connectedness, that is the element that will allow us to kind of 
care enough to take any sort of action. So obviously that's made that impact on you, <laughs> you know, and that's so amazing to see how that translated into a real life experience. Yeah. I've actually been tracking a, um, a post today. There's another pod of them that are potentially coming this way. So during breaks from work, I've been going outside and, and trying and like watching the water, trying to see if I can see them, but it's very windy today. And so there's a lot of waves out there and it would be really hard to spot them. Even if, I mean, unless they got pretty close to us. So it's kind of hard to, mm. I can't see them every day, I suppose, but I sure would love to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Rachel. I yeah. just love that so much. Um, Adrian, you have a couple that you are bringing to the table today too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about some of the accounts that you're following that have really kind of you know, instilled this connection with the earth or that you feel like really honors uh, Earth Month right now? Yeah, well, I was kind of thinking about this uh, pre- previously, and I have a, a couple different ones from the ones that you and I talked about okay. earlier. But one that really I think is uh, like apropos or just timely to our time is the uh, Asian giant hornets that were present for 2020, one of the headlines of 2020. <laughs> uh, the Asian giant hornets, um, if for anybody listening, were, is a species of hornet that comes from Asia that uh, basically is an invasive species and was seen in Washington, or actually up in Canada, and the entomologists of, of Washington State uh, were worried that they would come south because they are very, uh, de- they're just, they decimate bees and beehives. Uh, is what Asian giant hornets do. So, so um, with 2020 and, and all the just uh, chaos there, we also had Asian giant hornets. Um, and what I thought was very interesting and kind of like you know the power of social media was that the, right away a Asian giant hornet watch group started on Facebook, which I joined because I was just, I mean, we live in Washington and I'm, I'm a kind of an ag, an, uh, ag nerd. Uh, I have many friends who are actually entomologists and my mother works in agriculture. So I'm just very interested in, in kind of tracking it. And so, you know, in this group, you had people, you know, asking each other questions. There was like actual entomologists from the state department answering questions, um, you know, they had uh, information about how to create giant or Asian giant hornet traps and like when to put them up and when to take them down and how not to harm other uh, insects, you know. So it was just kind of, it, it was, um, it's scary because, because of the interconnectedness and because how did the Asian giant hornet get to the United States? You know, there's so many invasive species, like, I'm sure there's a book, there's many books on invasive species and how they've ruined different ecosystems. But um, for example, we want to keep this specific animal out. (laughs) And so it was kind of a group effort to try to like track and report so that we can save our native populations of bees. So that was one example that I thought um, I almost forgot about that in great. all the chaos of 2020, the Asian <laughs> giant hornets. I know. And that's the thing about, you know, just nerds, I guess, is like every, like the news cycle is onto the next thing the next week, you know? Um, but when you, but with social media, like when you join groups, I think that groups kind of, like, I'm actually also in the Orca network too, because 
<laughs> I also love whales. <laughs> uh, but you know, you it's it's um, it's outside the news cycle. So if you're not tapped into these groups that are very uh in tuned and you know want extra information if you're not in tune then you you don't get that extra education um so that was one that i thought was really key um the other one that i thought was really is is for me a great influence um on the great outdoors um it's called the northwest avalanche center and they have an instagram account that i follow and so like i mentioned before i'm a snowboarder i'm i'm into outdoors activities in the, in the winter time um, but the northwest avalanche center does daily weekly avalanche forecasts during the winter time and they do avalanche education and uh it's uh it's very important uh because people die every year in avalanches and and i think that um people don't really understand or respect nature when they don't know it when they don't understand it when they don't learn about it so they don't know what they don't know they don't know that they should you know know about the orcas are that are going extinct they don't even know so they don't even they don't care not not because they don't care but they just don't know Mm -hmm. and so it's just like raising awareness and um i think that there are lots of people who don't realize that if you go hiking in the backcountry with your skis strapped to your back that you just got from rei um, or backcountry.com that <laughs> they're putting themselves into danger and are actually the rescuers who would have to come rescue them are also being put at danger when they have to go up, up and rescue you. Um, so anyway, they are wonderful because they also do, um, I just love watching them like dig into the snow and be like, look at this crust layer. And here's with neck last week's crust layer. And they're just weather dorks. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> So basically what we're saying is Earth Month, tap into your inner dork. Like, what is it that interests you about the Earth? And really, it's so easy to find accounts like this and and really Mm -hmm. well done accounts. Right. Like I ended up seeing one being shared by somebody and and it's a whale one, too. It's like the life of whales on Instagram. And I've been following them for a few months now. And it's just like it's a moment of my day of awe like of pure awe, you know, it's beyond, it's so beyond my daily life, but it's connected to my life. Right. And that's where this sense of awe comes that makes me want to dig in and makes me want to learn more and know more and do better, like in my own life, in my own choices about how, what I do affects different things. It's, it's just dork out. Just dork out. <laughs> just uh, lean into it. One thing Lacey had a question about, and I, I came up with this question as we were getting ready for okay. this podcast, but there is a downside to social media for the environment. Okay. And I was thinking about this. Do you all remember back a couple years ago when California had to like close very popular hiking trails because influencers mm. were posing with the poppies mm-hmm. and like destroying poppy whole poppy fields mm-hmm. and and like there's kind of a, a new movement out there where people won't tag with the locations anymore because they want to protect it's like the, there's this fine line how do we educate on these beautiful wonderful things but instill respect for it so that you do they don't destroy it, it it's kind of this i don't know it, it, i think <laughs> it comes down to to really drilling down to what is the purpose of an account 
you know, because if the yeah. purpose is virality, then then there's an emptiness to it, right? And like that connection with the earth will be missed. If the purpose is education, connection, you know, increasing understanding and respect, um, then there is going to be that. But there's no, you're right, there's no way that we can like make sure that the people who are posting about this are are focused on instilling respect. So that then becomes our job as the user to decide who we follow and who we support based on whether or not they're really putting out content of value and that shows respect and education, or is it just like a really cool video that they got in a really disrespectful way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm very, and Rachel, I, I'm sure you can, you know, speak to this too, but um, I'm very like, I don't know. I really research an account before I follow it for whale watching specifically because um you know, I I want to go. I would love to go whale watching. I like when I was a little kid. I wanted to be a whale. <laughs> I wanted to be a whale because I couldn't be a mermaid because mermaids aren't real. So then the next thing would be like, I, well, I'm gonna be a whale. So like, I love whales, but I also like, you know, there's so there's so much like there's so many terrible things that humans have done to whales that part of me is like, I don't even want to like like be a part of a whale watching group you know i don't even want to be a boat on a boat that is like accepting money to go and like hunt for like pictures of whales like part of me is like so like i i do like the orca network i know that their mission is like solid you know so it's like i don't know what what would you what do you think rachel like how do you figure out who's (laughs) who's acting good really um it's really a big controversy like what's the deal with whale watching boats because they've they literally follow the whales, right? Like, so there are people who are against them that say, you know, they're harassing the whales. And of course there are people constantly are watching there. There's people watching. And so they'll report if any boat or a whale watching boat, but any boat gets too close to the whales. Uh, The research vessels, like they have special permit to get close so that they can, you know, actually collect specimen like you know collect things that they need for the research um you know ultimate it's really it's a really hard question because ultimately the whales need water that is clean so if we really really wanted to save the whales like there shouldn't be boats at all but that's not at all possible right like the shipping you know shipping worldwide shipping yeah pleasure craft like boats like my boat like there's just no way that there would ever be no boats on the water. So you have to kind of try to find the balance and what's what's going to be the best of, you know, the evils, I guess. And the yeah. my position, I believe the whale watching boats are good because those organizations are raising the awareness, they're educating, they're helping people come to love the whales. And when you love you want to save them mm-hmm. so totally but you're right adrian like you have to do a little bit of your own research and make sure that uh the company that you go out with is respectful and if something if you're on a whale watching boat and they are getting too close and like they're purposefully harassing the whales or like chasing the whales so that they can get really close photos or you know whatever it is 
they need to be called yeah. out and they need to be reported. And then there needs to be follow-up and actual consequences for mm-hmm. those kinds of actions. Um, but it's also really hard because like distance can be really hard to judge from a distance and across water. So, you know, Boats that look like they're too close might actually not be too close, vice versa. So it's really hard to say. Um, But yeah, I I tend to lean toward supporting actual whale watching companies because you have to you just have to believe in the good of people, I guess, and that's how they're making a living, and they love the whales too, and they just want to bring awareness. Additionally, they. Mm-hmm. report on the locations of the whales and actually like yeah um the washington state ferries um there's a huge network of washington state ferries all around the puget sound and i think every ferry has you know they they watch out for the whales and they report on where the whales are and they'll stop the ferries or like go like detour around them if they know that they're there um they also use the reports from whale watching boats to like stop like uh navy testing like torpedo testing oh interesting and if they don't have reports of when the whales are there because there's no whale watching boats reporting on it like the whales could be there and they're testing torpedoes and you know who knows what could happen right there's pros and cons for sure and uh, ultimately i think obviously you know, the whole earth would be better if there were just no humans. Like, <laughs> and if there were none of us, then there would be no social media, and we wouldn't. Okay, have to, let like, me try to amend think about that. I can't. So. I can't let that. I think. <laughs> I think the world would be better if humans saw themselves as part of the world and not as separate from the world, because I think that that's the kind of leading epidemic among <laughs> most humans. Is we do we feel this separateness. Right. Yeah. We feel we feel above uh, ownership over um, not everybody. Right. When we talk to when we talk to Joe McNeil from mm-hmm. Standing Rock, he talks about how we are all connected. We are all brothers and sisters. If we saw ourselves that way, it would not be uh, the things would not be an issue that are an issue now. Yeah. Um, yeah i also i just overall really like your point adrian just about the idea that we have to be mindful about who we follow so you know first step of what we would want to inspire in other people i think in this is is find something that helps you feel connected to the earth step two of that on social media is research what it is that you're following to make sure that their mission and values is is truly aligned with um preserving and respecting the earth or the species etc they don't use environmentalism as a prop or like a a trend because that is i mean there's huge in in like clothing i mean Mm -hmm. they call it greenwashing where you you know you slap a label on it that says this is you know organic cotton or whatever Mm -hmm. and who who knows what that means i don't know what that means (laughs) like um, is there any so, other account yeah. specifically you want to call out, Adrian? Any others that I want to chat about? Mm-hmm. Or are you happy for now? I think this has been a really great conversation about about um, nature and Earth Month accounts. So you're happy. You're <laughs> so you're happy. I'm happy. <laughs> Will people send us the accounts that they know and love? I, that's what I would love to get out of this. Me too. 
more great accounts that I can follow to feel more connected to the maybe we universe. could create you know what we could do we could we could aggregate everybody's favorite earth focused accounts and do one nice blog post this month that's like you know a, a list of social media accounts you can follow to feel connected to the earth happy earth month so so send them our way find us at so at our social media at thinks Bry on facebook or instagram and we'll have a post that goes out with this um, with this podcast, with our main question in this post being focused on what what accounts do you follow that are earth focused, help you feel connected to the earth, to other species, to the ocean, to the whales, to the whales, to the whales. <laughs> it's, this should have been just like the whale podcast. I really. <laughs> well, I always like to close with a question about our own personal relationship to social media. Um, because social media for good, it's important that we think about who we're following, what kind of content we're putting out, but it's also important that we shine a little light on our actual relationship to the vi- the devices that we have in our life and whatnot. So, um, Rachel, how you doing with social media right now? How's your relationship going? Uh, my relationship with social media right now is pretty good. I've actually not been uh, worried so much lately about posting stuff for you know my my boat brand mosaic voyage i've kind of been neglecting it and i don't really care that i am (laughs) i'm just kind of like trying to intentionally be a little less a little bit less connected and a little bit less dependent on the dopamine hit from getting likes so I was scrolling through my own uh, Instagram this morning and I was kind of like, man, I haven't, I don't think I've posted anything since, you know, my son's birthday, which was like several weeks ago, (laughs) but it's been kind of good. I mean, life has been really busy and really stressful and um, I'm just trying to focus on I guess keeping my kids alive (laughs) and doing my job when I need to and you know hanging out with my husband so it's been good I think it's so important especially with our personal brands that we really listen to that ebb and flow of our own desire for creativity in that you know if we push ourselves to be consistent the same way that we push ourselves with our brands to be consistent we're actually not being authentic are we you know no so i think that's wise rachel i i saw this uh slide show on instagram the other day that i'll try to send to you both but it said um it said that creators aka artists because that's what we, I mean, you're art, you're creating, you're writing, you're creating photos, you're, you, you're creating. Um, when you're asked to do that consistently all the time, it actually doesn't allow you to actually be more creative. Um, but social media has created this like system where the algorithm, like you have to, like you have to keep creating like consistently. And so um, basically the post was like, it's okay if all you post is like your sketches or if you post something old or you, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to have fresh things every single time because you know, it's not gonna help you as an artist at all. And I was like, that feels so true. (laughs) So yeah, I agree, Rachel. 
Well, I adore you both, of course, as always. I just love you so much and I love seeing your faces. <laughs> Thank you. I, I hope that anybody listening can feel inspired to just find some accounts that really help them feel a sense of awe and help, help them feel a sense of connectedness and and especially level two, I hope that that connectedness helps you feel a sense of really desire to act, right? To do things in your real life that that positively impact the, re- the relationship that you have with the earth and, and the people around you. And, and that, that's, that's my hope. And, yeah. and, and please find the post on our social media channels from this podcast and give us your best earth focused content and we will create that blog post we'll get a nice little list curated up if they're all about whales then they're all about whales and that's fine too (laughs) that's fine too or you know save the whales save the trees save the bees Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right with that let's wrap it up thank you both so much and we will talk to you all soon and we hope that you keep learning bye (laughs) 